Welcome to the Positive You Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive you. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. Today, we're talking about positivity at work. Uh, before we get into that and talk about the mission from the week from last week, I do want to take a moment just to say hello and thank you to Cynthia, who wrote us a really lovely email just to let us know that she's been listening and we so, so appreciate it. Uh, Cynthia, we are very happy to have you with us as we try uh, to bring people together with positivity. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of the mission of the week, at the end of each week, we set a mission for ourselves. And last week, we discussed positivity and what's in it for us as individuals. So the mission was to just ask ourselves, what is positive, positive thinking done for me? So Brianna, how did it go for you? It was great. It was a tough couple of weeks. So it was really good to have some of the positivity techniques um, kind of in my tool belts. Uh, to get through. Um, so I think what I really leaned on this week um, from the perspective of positivity is just knowing, like really leaning heavily, heavily into knowing that I do have a positive outlook. Um, and again, that idea of, you know, some really, we had, we had a couple of challenging weeks and um, my work it has been really busy. So <laughs> looking forward, I guess, to talking about that a little bit later. But, um, you know, it was great to just be able to say, I've got this because I have these tech, like I said, I have these techniques in my tool belt. So when I was getting really stressed out at work, um, you know, I, I did some more deep breathing. Um, I looked back and a couple times I had to sarcastically... <laughs> talk to myself um, and, and do a little bit of like, what a wonderful opportunity to, you know, be totally patient and grateful that I have this computer that although it's super slow, um, you know, I have a computer, you know, just little things like that. The humor, um, the, the knowing that I've been in these places before and kind of been able to work my, work my way out of them. Um, there wasn't just one thing I think that worked uh, for me or that went well for me. It it was all a win, uh, I think. How about for you? You know, I really, I've struggled sometimes with, because I'm, you know, I was in comedy for a long time and I do have a lot of uh, anxiety issues. So sometimes I would always worry a lot. And I think what positive thinking has done for me has like really allowed me to acknowledge that I feel worried about things, but to really focus on that. Every time you used to say, you know, your center of influence, center of concern, or your circle of influence, rather, a circle of concern, it, it, it just downright made me more empowered. Like I can't, for instance, you know, when I was learning how to become a driving instructor and I took that job specifically because I have um, some fear in the car, particularly as a passenger. So what a great opportunity to to replace that with something else. And it allowed me to focus on what I could do. Do you know what I mean? Focus on what I'm doing to be safe in the car, not constantly being concerned with everyone else who is breaking the rules or, you know, because I had some serious consequences regarding people just breaking, breaking some very basic rules, like not stopping at a red light. Do you know what I mean? And that affected my life greatly. And my circle of concern 
as an anxious person had always been with what it is I could not control. And, you know, taking a more positive view on things has allowed me to focus more on what it is I can do, even if it's only to change my own thoughts. And so I worry less about what could happen and worry what could happen in the hands of other people and worry more or concern myself, I should say, more with what it is I know I can do. And I think particularly in this time of, you know, we're at home a lot, it's stay-at-home orders, you know, because of the pandemic. There's a lot of people who are taking steps in a direction that I think is less than positive for, you know, everyone. I I was starting to really rattle out of control, worrying about what everybody else was doing. And I decided to take back you know, my thoughts and concern myself for what it is that was in my circle of influence and try to focus um, focus on those things. And it's helped me deal with a lot of the frustrating and impotent feeling that I have when it comes to what other people think and what other people do. Uh, and so in that way, it's been really empowering. And then just flat out, it's helped me lose weight and it's improved my FICO score. So yeah, ha. so there's like some really <laughs> You know, general day to day for me that that uh, that tool for the anxiety is something that I feel regularly um, mm-hmm. to focus on what it is I can do and what my thoughts are, not what other people think. It's been genuinely empowering. And then there's the like the real finite things like better credit score, better um, you know, better uh, healthier, I should say, choices. And uh, but I will confess, I'm a little bit off the diet wagon right now. I had a birthday in which there was some scheduling mishaps that led to the uh, delightful consequence of having not one, but two birthday cakes. Um, and I celebrated with them both and two birthday cakes in a household with only two people. <laughs> so that's a, that's a one birthday cake per person situation <laughs> that uh, I definitely took the positive view on. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you say, you say mishap, I say dream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, I think you uh, you're talking about that that circle of influence and and um, just focusing on what we can control and allowing that to give us a sense of empowerment is in uh, particularly uh, important when we're looking at work because of course we are in um, a setting usually usually where we just we have to interact with so many people. So that's what we're talking about this week is how to be positive at work. So Christy, what does that look like for you? It's very interesting that we're talking about this. You and I, in the pre-show talk that we always do, we're talking about how we were both very, very busy and enjoying our work this week, enjoying the the tremendous amount of work that like uh, we were both we were both coming to this podcast a little bit tired because we worked really hard and we're really proud of the work we did um for me it's manifested itself in i work at home alone which may or may not um be i think a lot more people are actually working from home right now during these times and one of the interesting things is it's really it was really easy for me the first time when you and i did the positivity fest at our work for me to think that my negative thinking had a lot to do with other people and what they did. But one of the um, exciting opportunities that you have when you work alone is you get to really see, and I've gotten to really see where my negative thinking comes from, right? (laughs) There's no one else here, Brianna. (laughs) It's just me in a room. All right. And 
I remember saying, wait a minute, you set the rules here. Why are you so stressed out? Like I turned into my own, like, you know, a whole boss. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I set these really weird expectations and I'm like, wait, you're the only one here. Why are you doing it this way? You've got to remember that these things that you put into place are things you're doing for yourself. And I really just got the opportunity to see um, that taking the positive view means I get to enjoy my work. I used to always just feel like you've got to hurry. You've got to hurry. You just got to finish this. You got to get it done. Get it done. Because there's this weird thing when you work for yourself where you think, if I don't do it now, there's a chance, Brianna, that I won't do it for years. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because there's no one holding me accountable. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, Brianna, there's no one holding me accountable. You know what (laughs) I mean? (laughs) And so I've had to learn to take the positive view on when do I let the deadline slide and when have I set an unrealistic expectation? And uh, so, yeah, that's what, um, that's what it means for me to be positive at work. It means giving myself a situation and setting expectations so that I can enjoy my work and not, I really do have to work on not actively snatching the fun out of Mm -hmm. my job. Mm -hmm. I've come to the same conclusion uh, and it just has been in the last couple of years. I think there's, I've always been in that situation of thinking that to be doing a good job, I had to be stressed all the time and, you know, basically that's it. I had to be stressed all the time. And if I wasn't stressed out, then apparently I wasn't working hard enough. And what I've really come to understand is one uh, you know, depending on your, your job, uh, for me, uh, my job is just gonna, there's going to be stress involved, you know, whether it was nursing at the bedside or nursing as a manager, uh, it's healthcare. There's always change. There's always something going on and we're responsible for other humans. So stress is going to be there. I don't need to add to it. Um, I just need to make sure that I'm in there and doing the very best I can. And on the days where I maybe not bring in 100%, uh, being honest about why, not letting that go on for long, certainly not more than like a little, maybe an hour or two, and then really like having to like refocus up and, and get back to it. But I think when I when I look at positivity uh, or how to be positive at work, I think I come back to that sense of we, I spend so much time there. I cannot possibly be miserable all the time. I can't only be worried about what's going wrong. As you said, I can't only be worried about what other people (laughs) are doing. Um, I really need to focus up on me and my efforts and my attitude about what I'm doing. And if there is something in particular, and this is something I I learned back when I had jobs that were a little more monotonous, I think, um, is I I have to find ways to sometimes make my task interesting. So, you know, you and I talked about um, one of my tasks when we worked in that job together was I had to send things out to people. Which could be kind of like, okay, I'm putting this package together. Um, So I would find ways to make it exciting by, you know, 
telling myself stories about what I was putting together. And, and I know that sounds so silly, uh, but it really helped. And it, it, it actually made me start to look forward to that particular task. Um, and so, so even now when things are, you know, I, I have a lot of things that I have to do the same every single day and they can be, um, a little bit much. So I find a way to just like, okay, how am I going to not every day? Okay. Maybe not even every week, but when it's really tough, I will find ways to just, I like to say, kind of judge it up a little bit and put a little, whether I'm telling myself a story about, oh, you've got to get these numbers in. Cause you know, <laughs> like I'm in a movie, these numbers in or the world's going to, and I don't know. Um, the, the story kind of make comes to me uh, in the day, but I do those kinds of things just to make it more fun. And that just lifts, uh, it just changes my attitude. I mean, I can never take myself too seriously when I'm doing kind of ridiculous stuff like that. I absolutely agree. You both, you and I, I mean, and you study journalism. We're both like writers and we both have a big imagination. So for me, I've always been one of those people to make high school bearable. I would pretend that, you know, famous people were following me around going, wow, high school really sucks. I can't believe you have to endure this. Or no, was it middle school? You know, so I was always good at like just okay, we're going to imagine that I remember math when it was getting really boring. I'd be like, wow, what if I was an alien and I just dropped down in the middle of this and this all would look totally, you know, it would be just a way to make it more fun because it's just the amount of time that it took for them to explain what they were doing on the board versus how long, you know, I, I was able to grasp things pretty quickly. So it got boring really fast. Uh, it just little tricks like that, that just make it entertaining for you. Uh, I agree with. I really love. Also, just the story I tell myself. I remember, um, you know, when I was starting writing more books, I got a job working overnights at a uh, hotel. I was the person that you give your parking pass to, or or if you went there for an event, I was the person who charged you a ridiculously large amount of money to just park. <laughs> um, which in my opinion, people would always complain. And I was just like, oh, I, I can't afford to park here. Luckily, they give it to us for free. But I can assure you, it's not going to the wages. Um, <laughs> because it was a minimum wage job. And I remember thinking at the time, I could really be like, I am a woman in her 40s wearing a name tag, working a job with, you know, like a stoner in college and just really young kids. Um, but instead, I opted to tell myself that I had found the perfect job for a writer because I was naturally a night person. I I had internet in there. The booth was air conditioned and heated and barely, barely was there any work. Like when I was on the interview, I mentioned that I was a writer and the guy who hired me because I was available Fridays and Saturdays said, oh, maybe you can write your books in the, in the booth. And I was just like, I don't even have to hide that that was what my goal was when I took this <laughs> job. Like we don't, we're not even going to pretend that that isn't why I got this job. So I just told myself, they're paying me to have an office. Mm -hmm. And this job is so boring and so simple that I could actually watch a whole two movies on Netflix and still have time to write while I got paid. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And it was just, I would, if it wasn't for the fact that they replaced us for, with a machine, which of course should have happened ages ago, I would still be in that job because I talked myself into why it was so great. And I really do think a lot of whether or not you enjoy your job is the story you tell yourself about it. Because I was so excited about that job after a while 
because one at the time I was addicted to soda. So it was like free soda and just, you know, internet and just goofing off and just sitting in a room alone, like in a booth alone. Um, it was just like, I felt like I was Sandra Bullock. When I saw Sandra Bullock and while you were sleeping and I, she had that, that job where you just take the tokens at a subway, I was like, I could totally do that job. They even have chairs. Do you know what I mean? We had a chair. I was just like, this is the best job ever. Um, that other people were like, I wish I could get a job like that. Like genuinely, we're like coveting my minimum wage overnight job because I loved it so much. And I do really think the key or a, a vital tool to being positive at work is the story you tell yourself about your job. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have to remember or remind myself, particularly when I get stuck in just that sort of rote complainy, like mental complainy, like my job, mur, 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 you know, um, I do have to just remind myself that no, actually, I like my job very much. Uh, certainly there are, again, you know, it gets, it can get stressful. Uh, there are challenges, whatever. I mean, it, it's, it's work, right? Uh, but overall, I love my job. And I think that honestly, sometimes I get so caught up in um, and all of it. I just get caught up that I forget that. Um, but if someone asks me, uh, so, you know, what do you do? And oh, yeah, yeah. How do you like that? I genuinely can say I love it. I love it. Now, do I think it's going to be the thing that I do forever? No. But I do know that for right now, it is, it's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and I know that it's, it's a, a job that I actively pursued and actively engage in and try to consistently improve. Um, and so I love it. Now, I don't love it every day, <laughs> but I, I overall do. And so I just sometimes have to remind myself, oh, hey, wait a minute. No, you actually chose to be here. This is, you know, if I kind of take an inventory, do I want to be doing something else right now? And right now the answer is no. So I, I think aside from reminding myself of why I'm doing it and why I enjoy it so much, I also have to look at, uh, for me, that this was my choice. I, this is what I chose to do. And if truly it's so bad, if I, you know, I don't, I, I do talk about it with some, like you and I talk about our work. Um, I have a couple of friends that I talk about it with, but I don't generally feel like I talk about work in a like kind of that, ugh, I'm having trouble or it's really tough for me right now. I don't normally tend to do that. I don't think. <laughs> Some people out there are probably like, are you sure? Uh, but I do think that, um, you know, when it's particular, particularly difficult and I'm feeling like I'm being negative about it, the first thing I have to say is, well, do you want to be doing something else? And the answer is always no. Uh, so then I have to say, well, then you're making the choice to be there. And so then I've got to start using the techniques of uh, reframing, um, using my, uh, what a wonderful opportunity, uh, 
just to kind of reset or, um, yeah, I'll say reset so that I can be in more of a positive or, or be looking at it from a more positive outlook. Absolutely. I think the hope is if you can be positive at work, we spend, especially, you know, in the United States, but I think it's, you know, happening all over. We spend so much time at work that to be not positive at work pretty much means to not be positive in your life, right? And the hope is that if you can be positive at work, that's going to cascade into your whole life and make you feel empowered and, you know, riches and dreams and happiness is yours, right? But the problem is, for me, I would say before I started working alone, I would have said my biggest problem to being positive at work, if I was totally honest, was the people at work, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. And it's usually for me at the time was the people in charge at work. Do you know what I mean? Like there's always somebody above you and they were always making it, in my opinion at the time, uh, impossible. Brianna, they were making it, they were taking something that was good and they were ruining everything. And then, and I could be negative about anything. I could be getting free soda, but they traded out the sodas. And so now, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I remember once when we had that job together at Keith, they were talking about cutting back on the sodas. And I said, okay, you know, I don't even use the health insurance. The free soda is considered a vital portion of my benefit package here. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you've got, to, you've got to rework this. And I said, because he's like, you drink so much soda. I'm like, yeah, I factored that into my budget. Okay. So bring them back. <laughs> um, Um, so for me, like that was what I'd always thought was the hardest part. And what I had to realize is it wasn't Now, Listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You can have one person at a job that is such a bummer and so toxic and such a terrible person that they can legit make the job almost unfun to go into on a, on a daily. You know, I, I know that that genuinely exists, but mm-hmm. I think the key for us when we did the Positivity Fest, because they were doing some really weird, they had some really odd solutions at that company that we worked for regarding how to become more profitable. And none mm-hmm. of it seemed to concern themselves with like spending less money and making sure to charge the clients for the work. It was always some sort of convoluted <laughs> marketing idea that just <laughs> didn't make any sense to me. Uh, but what I started to learn about that was to really focus, um, and I didn't learn it on that job. Uh, actually, I learned it on that job in that I deliberately did the total opposite thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference between me at that company that we worked for and me in the parking lot was at the company I worked for, I had a very specific job that I wanted to do. No, not that I wanted to do, that I was paid to do. <laughs> And I spent a lot of time worrying about things that had nothing to do with the job it was that they were paying me for, Brianna. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was thinking about a lot of like, and I figured, you know, that's what every small struggling company needs. They need their lowest level employee telling them how they should run the whole thing. And I literally drove myself crazy until I was asked to leave. And I'm not saying that any of the ideas that I had, because uh, I did discover like, I mean, thousands upon thousands of dollars in billing errors, but that wasn't my job. My job wasn't to check every folder for a billing error. My job was to file the folder, Brianna. And if you really, if I really am honest about that, I did not do my job. None of those folders that I had spread across and stickied all across my desk, 
Hmm. Uh, or I should say all across the office were filed. <laughs> they all were <laughs> they all were marked and I was just like, excuse me, CFO, yes, you need to come in here. There was like, you know, like I don't know, it was like sixty thousand dollars in billing year. I mean a lot. Um but that's not what they paid me for, Brianna. That's what drove me crazy. And that's one of the things that I always think back on that job is that I did everything but the job they paid me to do. Mm-hmm. That's where I was wrong. Like, it took me forever to learn that. I was so concerned with everything but my job. Yep. And I will tell you, <laughs> I, I I run into the same thing. I think when you can see... Um, when you are a problem solver and you like to like, okay, and you're used to looking out for problems or potential pitfalls uh, because you don't want to be caught unawares. Um, It's easy to see those things. And so your brain automatically is like, oh, well, I got to figure out how to fix this. And then it's, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. And you're just, you're, you're, like you said, you're doing things that you're not actually being asked to do. Um, I get caught up. I actually was caught in that loop last week. Um, and I will tell you, I, one of my phrases that I use to kind of like remind myself to like get back to the actual job that they've given me to do is I just, I think of you and this story. Um, and I just say, (laughs) put the papers in the file, file, the file, (laughs) it was in the file, file, the file. And obviously it just, again, you know, it makes me laugh a little bit. And, but it's true. <laughs> like, I can't say that I am, you know, a couple of things. I can't be mad at someone else if I've essentially chosen to go down this path that no one has asked me to go down <laughs> to say, like, to try to fix all of these problems. And, and honestly, the things that I perceive in that moment as problems, thinking that somehow I have the magical answer. Meanwhile, the actual work that I'm really supposed to be doing, um, it, it, it's, it's not being done. And so then it's, it's coming back to refocus and say, okay, one, this issue, if it is something that's a really big deal, I will bring it to someone's attention and have confidence that that's, you know, that I've done my part, but now I need to get back over here and I need to do this work here. So uh, with this project that I'm working on, it's related to transitioning some documentation uh, templates. And (laughs) I went to, I'm detailed out of my normal area. So I'm essentially by, I mean, I have people around me, but they're not doing what I'm doing. And so I'm kind of on my own. So I went back to my normal boss. And I was just kind of beside myself. (laughs) I had one of these, I need you to talk me off the ledge conversations. And um, she did because she's amazing. And that's how she um, helps. But she's like, that's not your thing to worry about. And I was like, but, and it took her a couple times to say the same thing um, before I was like, oh yeah, that's not my thing to worry about. And when I could have that little bit of space uh, when I could see that I actually have my, I actually have pieces that I, I'm doing okay. I mean, I'm doing well on this project and 
it's almost over. Uh, but I could let go of the stress and what was becoming negativity because like you said, I all of a sudden was almost like looking for someone to kind of blame this problem I thought that was out there on. And then it was just starting this spiral of, you know, I don't know, I feel like a big kind of blame bucket. I don't know what to call it, but it was just like, well, this isn't working because of this. And then it's this and it just grows and grows. And I'm like, no, actually, let's just bring it back. I have a positive outlook. This is a wonderful opportunity to practice a couple of techniques. I reached out for some help. I used a couple tricks um, like for focusing. So I, you know, rewrote a new to-do list and was like, you can't, you can't do a single thing until you mark off two things on this to-do list. So using some of those things to come back. And when I let go of this idea that I had to fix something no one had asked me to fix. When I let that go, when I let go of this blame game and the negativity and just came back to, I have this opportunity in this project. I'm doing well with it. It's almost done. I and the prize stick with it. Um, everything, my, everything just felt different. It changed. I felt lighter. Um, I wasn't as like crabby <laughs> and you know I was able then to go into the week with with a, a much better outlook I know exactly what you mean it's it's really easy at work to sort of get caught up in the especially when there's decisions made by other people that directly affect your day-to-day -day. and it's really easy to get caught up in the, it could be better if this happened. And a lot of times there's no mechanism in place at your work to enact that type of change. You can make the suggestion, but once my problem was, once I'd make the suggestion, I was like, I've got the solution. You're not taking it. Now everything sucks. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's where my mm -hmm. brain would go. Okay, so this is a hopeless situation. And what I failed to do there is to let go of what I feel should be and deal with what is. Mm -hmm. And I find that when I'm allowed to deal, when I let myself let go of what could be better and deal with what is and focus on that. I mean, you've said it a million times and I now say it in my mind, circle of influence, circle of concern. Is there a more efficient way to do this job? Money's on the bigger the company you work for, well, no, that's not a positive way to say it. I said, th there's a chance that that could happen somewhere where you are. Let's just say, uh, that's a little bit of my negative thinking. Money's on, it's absolutely like that at your job. <laughs> I'm positive. Um, <laughs> but let's just say that there's, you know, there's always a better way, right? It, just put it in a positive way. But just because there's a better way doesn't mean that the way you're doing it can't get the job done. And I've just got to focus on what is. I think one of the key things that used to make me, that even today when I work alone, one of the things that will be a quick surefire path to negativity is me letting best get in the way of good. Do you know what I'm saying? And me being overwhelmed by how much has to be done instead of just doing one thing at a time.
to just do what's next. I just look at the whole mess of a room. Do you know what I mean? I feel like sometimes work looks like I'm walking into like a hoarded house and I'm just trying to clean it with a, you know, a toothbrush or a, you know what I mean? And just one glove, not two. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, and the truth is you're not always going to have the, life doesn't always occur in optimal circumstances. And the positive view is that no matter what the consequences, no matter no matter no matter what the circumstances, there is a way to win. That that Diana Nyad find a way. When I concern myself with what I can do, with what is, instead of what I could have done if I'd had something else, uh, I find that I have a lot more satisfaction in what I do. And I'm more effective and working hard and being effective, even in less than optimum circumstances, is always something that I can take pride in. Mm -hmm. I like that. I, I mean, I like and I appreciate that reminder that it's it is what you can do in the moment. I think, of course, circle of influence, circle of concern has helped me so much. Um to let, not so much last week, but uh, otherwise to let go of those things that I just don't have control over. And I think one of the things that I've had to, to work on, uh, particularly as it feels like you have, that I have to multitask more, uh, is that um, sense of uh, being present and, and being aware of what's actually going on and being aware of um, me and how I'm feeling because I feel like when I am like kind of coasting or or really not paying attention that to me is when I I have a tendency to start becoming more negative or only seeing the problems or people start getting it feels like people are being annoying. I, I feel bad saying that, but that's what it feels like. It feels like, you know, my problems are, as you said before, that my problems are more related to other people. And, and when I can um, be more aware, um, I feel like then I can actually uh, recognize that I'm actually just telling myself a story and I need to actually come back to the present, take a look around what to, at what's really going on. And a lot of that stems from not take, not just taking a look at what's going on outside, but what's going on inside of me. Because usually if I get into that space, there's something happening in it with me that I'm just not taken care of. So maybe I haven't gotten enough sleep. Uh, perhaps I haven't eaten. Uh, that's a, that's usually a, a pretty big trigger. Um, maybe I've been, um, you know, working on something and I'm getting st like, I've been kind of stuck on it. And what I really need to do is walk away and maybe focus on something else for a little bit and come back to it. I have a tendency to uh, just ignore a lot of those signals until I'm at a bit of a breaking point. And then it feels like everything is 
insurmountable. That, like you said, that that big, big giant room that you're walking into, I think you said with like a toothbrush <laughs> to start cleaning things up. And so really coming back to presence, uh, what's happening, what coming back to myself, how do I feel? What's going on with me right now? And then when I figure that part out, then I can look out into, okay, now what's going on around me? And that just helps me have a better attitude about all of it. Yes, I totally agree with that. It's um, very interesting to find. I think one of the things that also makes that easier is who I keep company with at work. If I'm around people who are complaining constantly and who are constantly like gossiping about coworkers and who thinks this and who thinks that, in the moment, it's kind of fun. But if I keep doing that, I will sort of talk myself into just seeing everything that's wrong. Uh, and it, it's very interesting because when I was a, when I was doing more stand-up comedy and I was really immersed in the comedy scene, there's a lot of need to like get in little groups. And at a certain point, I just started telling people, hey, I'm comedy Switzerland here. I book anybody. I work with everybody. I'm in it for uh, to work with as many people as I can, doing as many fun shows as I can. Uh, and looking for, you know, fame and fortune. So anything that doesn't have to do with that, I don't really care. Do you know? <laughs> and people are like, oh, la-di-da. But after a while, and the reason why I got to that point was I used to spend a lot of time like, can you believe that person? Can you believe that person? And I did a lot of that talk. And all it did was sour me to certain people who actually weren't bad people, only to find that people who were talking a lot of smack with me on the other side, they were talking about me too. They were just doing that to everyone and they weren't altering their opinion. It was sort of a weird way for them to, to keep me from hanging out with more important friends so that they can hang out with them. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's so much easier to either be a little, a little aloof when it comes to people who are constantly complaining. So they don't, they don't do that around you or at the very least, uh, or, or, or actually not at the least, or even better, to sort of create an environment where you're positive about your job. And I think that's one of the things that really helped us at um, the mm -hmm. job that we all had with, you know, with Corey and Chris and me and you getting together once a week and having breakfast. And then, of course, we did have to have that timed event. So I think we, you know what I mean, we'd go to the, <laughs> we try to always be positive at work even when things were going wrong and then we're like, we need about 15 minutes to just complain by the dumpster out back. Cause you know, this is just too much. And mm -hmm. I, so I do think there's like a healthy balance, but I find that it's very easy for me to find a place to let go of that complaining. Do you know what I'm saying? It's harder for me to keep like reminding myself, Oh, that's right. You know, you just do this. So I think that one of the ways to deal with, with negativity at work is to sort of don't eat lunch with those people. Do you know what I mean? Don't sit at that table. Don't don't linger too long in that that way. Because mm -hmm. people, there will be factions at your job. Well, there there can be factions at your job, and um, you don't want to end up on the the evil faction accidentally. Do I say <laughs> like you just because that stuff? Goes, every time I've played that game, eventually I'm the loser in that game. It's remember we were talking about war games earlier. Uh, the yeah. movie War Games, the only way to win is not to play. I actually mm -hmm. think uh, when it comes to office um, office intrigue or politics or whatever you want to call that, uh, that maybe just not 
actively playing is the only way to really win that game. Mm -hmm. I will absolutely go, go along with that and just say gossiping at work never ends well. And I'm specifically talking about gossiping about other people because I think that you're right more than likely whomever you're engaging in that with, if they're going to do that with you, they're going to do it with other people about you. Um, the other thing that I think I learned uh, in this, you know, once I got into nursing and in, in, in a, in a um, you know, in a space where you're kind of moving jobs is you absolutely never know who your boss is going to be. <laughs> And I think about, you know, how I've been able to be really successful, at least in part, is that I really early on started cultivating relationships, um, one, because it helps me do my job better if I'm having an issue or if I have a question, I have this lovely network of people that I can reach out to, right? Um, but two, I don't ever want to be that person who was engaged in some snarky conversation with somebody. And then, you know, a year later, that person is my boss or that, you know, I was talking about the person that's now my boss. I mean, I think these are things that we really have to think about. Um, but also, you know, when you're gossiping, I think the other thing is, especially if you're not, if you're doing that, like, so if there are five people in a space and two people are gossiping and three are listening, first of all, if the three are listening, even if they're not saying anything, they're participating. Okay. I'm going to throw that out there mm -hmm. uh, because it's, it's as you're saying, I'm okay with this by not saying anything. Uh, but the other thing is now, even if you and the person you're talking to are totally into it and you're feeling good about it. Okay. No judgment, I guess. Uh, but now you're kind of bringing that negative energy to someone else. And that for me is something that I don't ever want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to be bringing someone else down. Um, and so I know that there are days where I'm just, you know, low energy, just kind of not feeling it, whatever. Uh, and I know that sometimes people can kind of tell that. So I will either say something or work hard to not like <laughs> throw a little bit of my, I don't know if that's melancholy or what it is. I'll, I'll work hard not to like, like do any of that or, or let any of that really affect other people. Um, but there are folks out there who uh, I call it complaining or negativity uh, crop dusting <laughs> where they'll just walk into a room, blurt something out and now, and then they'll leave because they got it out and they feel better. But now they've just left that energy hang there. And so I think we have to be really aware of, again, how we're feeling, how we deal with stuff and look at, okay, what kind of person or what kind of presence do I want to be in this space? And even if I, even if I am going negative myself, okay. I guess for a little while, uh, I'll work to get out of that, but I definitely don't want to be putting that on someone else. So that's another reason or, or another, another thing that helps me not stay in that space for very long because I have to be around people and I don't want to be that energy or, or that guy, uh, for the people that I work with. I totally, 
Yes. I, uh, you know, it's interesting that you should mention just sitting there to listen to the gossip is participating in gossip uh, because every time I've done that and I'm like, well, you know, I, you know, if I haven't gotten up and walked away for some reason, I know something now and it's almost impossible not to share it. Do you know what I mean? And then you're gossiping just in the presence of other people. And I will just say that for some reason, another, I, I can't say that I don't ever um, gossip. Do you know what I mean? Because it's hard for me to even know when is it just telling, talking about the people at my work and when is it gossip? It's really a really fine line for me. I will say this. If you're like me and you have a tendency to tell the stories of what's going on at work, and I've got to tell you, in every story, I have a villain. I have a, you know what I mean? And, and I later can change those stories. But if I tell them to somebody at the job, it's locked in their mind. So if you're like me and maybe the gossiping part, and, and, it, and I know to call it gossip, we'll just say um, chatting about people at your work in a um in an excitingly narrative way <laughs> uh find someone who isn't at your job to do that with <laughs> mm -hmm. like if you've got a sister like i do then she's going to talk about her work you know to, to like vent a little so that it doesn't get back to your work. So you get to be that person who just like, instead of being the crop duster person at work, you're like, you're giving that space to someone, you know, and they're giving it back and you never have to worry about bringing that. And always, you know, cause later you could be like, Oh, it turned out that guy that I thought was a jerk. Like I could say to my sister, actually it turns out he was really cool. What really happened was this. And my sister will revise her opinion. Um, make sure you have it as someone who you need to revise, who will revise the opinion. Because I've had like fights with boyfriends that later, like a friend of mine would like, no, I forever hate them now because of that thing that you said two times ago. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> mental note. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to, you know, find the kind of person who isn't going to like lock you into a negative view, but also give you that opportunity to just sort of vent. So, you know, like find a, a neutral person, um, not at your job to, um, to vent to, I think, is the easiest way to avoid the um, the bear trap or the little, you know, um, finger trap. You know, those old finger traps that you see get your finger stuck in. The more you wiggle, the tighter you get in there. Like, or the quicksand of office gossip is just is a great tool to use. Get yourself a, a sister like mine. Um, and if you don't have one, find one. Do you know what I mean? Neutral person, nowhere near your mm -hmm. job that you can... Um, yeah. Or if you're like me and you um you write books where uh there's people getting killed like murder, you can just later use their names for villains <laughs> in books. Oh, all good tips. <laughs> the book one is such a good one, but definitely finding a neutral third party that has nothing to do with your right. job to get all your narrative out on is a is one that has worked for me. Right, right. I think one of the things I had to realize too, uh, when I was getting, when I've been kind of pulled into attempts at gossip, like having people gossip with me is, uh, you know, how do I know that's true? <laughs> right. You know, how do I know that story that person's telling me is true? And not because they're trying to be purposefully uh, misleading, um, but we all come into space, our, our, our workspace uh, looking through partic a particular lens and um, it's not always 
it's not always accurate what's happening. Um, and so those are just some things to keep in mind at, you know, in the workplace when we're talking about being positive at work is just not getting ourselves caught in the different traps that can just make negativity kind of run wild or run rampant. Um, and so really looking at what can I do or how can, what do I need to work on uh, so that I myself come into this space and can be positive. And if I can't be, and we, I don't expect that you're going to be like happy, go lucky and positive all the time, maybe. And that would be great if, if that was, if that happens, that's awesome. Uh, but just this idea of, okay, if I'm, okay, my goal is to be positive at work, but maybe I can't always be. So when I I'm recognizing that, okay, here are the things that I, here are the things I'm going to try. And, um, one of the things I do is, and not all the time, uh, but one of the things I try to do, especially if I notice I've been going a couple days with a less than positive attitude is I try to do a set, like a, a setup before I even get to my workspace. So I don't remember where I heard this from. It is not something I made up myself, uh, but it's this idea of having a landmark. So I am walking into the building and I, you know, I, I pick out this landmark, right? Whether it's something right before I walk into my office or onto my, um, into my area, whatever, everybody has their own, will, you know, find that own, could find their own landmark. But for me, it's when I get to the floor that my unit is on and it's the elevator. So when the elevator doors open, I am, you know, whatever's going on at home is done uh, for, for while I, you know, while I, once I pass these elevator doors, that's, I'm not bringing that with me. I'm trying to be positive. I've kind of got my um, my little phrases that I'm going to use for the day, or I've decided, okay, when things get tough, I'm going to go get up and I'm going to, you know, walk down to the end of the other, go to the other side and walk back, setting myself up for when I am challenged, what am I going to do? And again, I'm speaking as if this is a well-oiled machine and it's not, it's definitely a work in progress. But what I notice is that when I do that, when I've set my landmark and I've kind of given myself a little plan for um, like a parachute, so to speak, my day goes so much better and I am able to think a little bit more clearly when problems come up and then I'm able to get to the end of my day and feel like and actually have some energy left and not feel like I've completely you know, that I've been completely drained and all I can do is like come home and put my comfy clothes on and sit and stare in the space for a half an hour or something like that. I will say though, uh, putting your comfy clothes on and just allowing yourself to sit and stare into space after a stressful day, is it a great way to de-stress? Like I found that the comfy clothes stare and not getting on my own case about it going, wow, you've thoroughly worked that day. You know what I mean? My brain is like focused on, oh, I don't know, nothing but this wall. I find <laughs> that I have been, I know that I have 
not been dealing with stress well, or I'm dealing with a stressful situation, let's just say, let's put it that way. I know I'm dealing with a stressful situation when I catch myself having arguments with people not in the room later. Yes. Okay. Now, that obviously means something about that situation is bothering me. And sometimes, um, I'll give you an example, and we're probably going to talk more about it next week because we're talking about boundaries. Uh, sometimes it's I'm uncomfortable doing something new. So because I'm doing something new, it's kind of got me going. And so I'm just, this is my way of sort of getting good with it. And that's totally understandable. Like, you know, for me, I had somebody who was like turning me into their help desk, you know, and I'm like, wait, I'm a consultant and you're not paying for this. You know, I have to set this boundary. And so I do think, and we're going to talk more about that next week, setting a boundary with your coworkers and with your boss can help make you more positive at work. Because a lot of times what I used to do is I would just stress, get stressed out because there's this thing that used to happen where if you're competent at your job, you just, the reward for that felt like to me being getting more work. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you do a good job. So we're going to give you this too. And this and this and this. And what I never did earlier was I never said, um, how? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I never clarified like, okay, well, how I have these other things to do. Uh, how, you know, what are you expecting? I would just think, oh my God, I've got to do this fantastic. And sometimes what they were expecting when they said do this wasn't the elaborate project that I was cooking up in my mind. And I think a lot of times what stressed me out and made me overwhelmed with projects or additional responsibilities was one, I'm the kind of person who has to fight myself to not accidentally take up more responsibility. Okay, like for some reason, I'm always like, I'll take care of it, I'll take care of it. And then later I'm like, why did I volunteer for all these things? Um, <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm overwhelmed. I don't want to do any of it. So one was for me to just take a moment between when I said yes to things or when I jumped at doing things just because I like to do things or be helpful. Uh, so one was like me taking that, that moment. And then two, even when things were thrust upon me, I didn't ask clarifying questions. I didn't ask for help. I didn't set reasonable expectations. I didn't do any of those things. What I did was I just took on the project decided it had to be done to a certain level of excellence, freaked out, and then in some instances in my life just fell apart completely and failed in an extravagant way to where finally people started offering me help and then it got done when I could have just asked for help in the first place. Like I didn't, mm -hmm. I could have cut out that middle part where I embarrassed myself. And then later we'd all forget that I was like that. And when, <laughs> Because I recover from being, you know, that they'll be like, oh, yeah, she was just going through a lot with life or I don't know what what was the reason what the story we told herself was. And it was like, no, the story was Christy decided she was going to do all the things and then had to do all the things and fell apart. <laughs> mm -hmm. One, don't volunteer for things that you don't know what they're going to entail yet. And two, be honest with what you can do to, with yourself. And ask questions. What does this mean? When do you want this? How is it going to be done? Set boundaries. I don't know that I have all the time for that. I 
how how do I make the time for that? Because sometimes they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that other thing that we said you're supposed to do? Yeah, not that one. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'd much rather do this thing. But But for me, it was just like taking it all on and then sitting up really late at night crying, trying mm-hmm. to get all the work done and sometimes pulling it off. But I never got to enjoy my good job even then because I was too busy, mm-hmm. like, trying to recover from almost falling apart. And then other times I just fell apart. Mm-hmm. There, yep. I mean, there, <laughs> the, what you talk about there as far as doing good at your job and getting more work, I call the curse of competence. <laughs> um, but yep. I, I think <laughs> there's uh, one of the things that tends to happen uh, you know, I, I definitely can appreciate that and identify with that, uh, particularly if you um, take on more and you you can't let go of something else. And so you do have to figure out, okay, how am I going to make this work? Uh, I think one of the things that's helped me uh, is to really just focus on, okay, what are the pieces of the, what are the pieces of this that I really like? And, and let's make that kind of my not like that's the only thing I'm going to do, but let's make that the focus and really kind of wring as much positivity and joy out of that as possible. So it's almost like a holdover when I got to get into the things that I don't, um, when I maybe just don't really like quite as much or that I find uh, more challenging or stressful. Uh, I think those things have helped me just kind of keep my head above water, stay a little bit more positive and not start to just um, not just complain about all the work. Now I'm going to say that and also say, I do sometimes still complain about all the work, (laughs) especially if it's like, I, I only have this much time left and I have these many things. What's, you know, what am I going to do? But then what it comes down to is I need to make a, for me, uh, the lists really help because I feel like it, keep, it it stops the swirling and it gives me something tangible to focus on and write down. And then as I move down the list, uh, it helps. It, it, there's just a really nice sense of accomplishment that comes with that. And then I, you know, I get that little like nice little like, oh, look what I did here. Uh, bump, uh, all of which just kind of helps to uh, push forward into being a little bit more positive at work. Absolutely. I agree with what you said with making lists. That's a really big one for me in overwhelm. And I subscribe to the uh, Getting Things Done Method by David Allen, which if you haven't read it, it's a great book. Um, and it's very short. And I think they even have free PDFs on it all over the internet or get it from the library. And it really is very much about thinking about what the next action you can take and what, and sometimes just literally listing everything, getting everything that you're worried about onto a piece of paper, they call it making a brain dump, everything you're worried about, everything you're responsible in all of your job and your life and everything and getting it out and onto a piece of paper can sometimes make you, give you a little bit of distance, but also keep you from the oh my God, I got to do this. I got to do that. Where you're like constantly toggling in your mind of the 17 things you've got to do that toggling between all 17 things worry wise allows you to almost get nothing done. Wherein like Mm -hmm. just making a list of 17 things and then just picking one that you can work on can genuinely help you um, 
do the, you know, to, to actually get the work done. And sometimes it's a matter of just making a phone call. For me, sometimes I build up a task in my mind as like something I don't want to do. And a lot of times if I just force myself to do it, one of the reasons why I don't want to do a particular task is I feel disproportionately tied to a certain result that I'm afraid I'm not going to get. So I don't want to do it. I don't want to make that call because I don't think they're going to ask to help me. And one of the things I always remember is if I'm tied to a result, I've got to remember, one, let's untie ourselves from the result. And two, if it's going to go the way that I don't want it to go, I need to know sooner rather than later. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if I need this person to say yes, so I'm afraid to even ask them. The sooner I ask, the more I got that information. Do you know what I mean? And so just work. I, I would advise working actively if there's something you're postponing doing, really look at taking that area of concern and what you can do back. Do you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times I find that on tasks or in situations where I don't feel like I have a lot of control, I avoid doing them. And one of the ways to take that control back is to not be tied to the result and just be tied to the action. What do I do? I'm going to ask. I can't control whether they say yes or no, but I'm going to check the ask. And from there, I'll deal with that information. But a lot of times what I do is I want to guess what the answer is going to be and then guess what I do after that. No, Christy, no. Get the answer. Work from there. Have faith that I'm going to be able to do that, which is a good one. And then there's the other thing that kind of gets in the way. Sometimes, Brianna, the solution for me being positive at work is a plain and easy solution. It is get another job. There has been jobs that I have been ill-suited toward. I don't want to call them bad jobs. I will just say that I was very ill-suited ill suited to selling auto warranties over the telephone. It gave me anxiety. I did really well for two weeks, and then I just couldn't close anything, and it was so much pressure, and it was such a weird environment. And one day, I just dawned on me, I'm going to find something else. Do you know what I'm saying? And I do understand that sometimes it feels like it's a luxury to get another job. But if you have a job that you're very ill-suited towards, one of the ways to be positive about it is to start plotting your way out. Start trying to contain the amount of time. like not, Or even just tie yourself to the remembering why you got that job. And sometimes remembering why you got a job for me has been, I need that money. And remembering mm-hmm. what that money is for. And just telling myself the story that this is the lean day when I'm early in comedian time where I had to go into that job and try to sell people an auto. I think I tried to sell um, ads in a magazine. I mean, I had some weird sales jobs where I was just saying words in a row. That's what I just told myself. Just say the words in a row and ask. Just say the words in a row. Just break it down and grind it out and remember why you're doing it. Um, and then mm-hmm. plot your way out. Uh, changing the line of work is a definitive way to get a lot more positive. Mm-hmm. And thinking about what you need that paycheck for can really help you not do some negative things at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting because that's essentially the next point that I was going to make as well <laughs> is the, is that idea of choice. Um, and that, you know, for, and I recognize that I'm in a space where I've made the choice to be here. And if I, um, 
you know, if I feel like it's time to do something else, nursing is one of those things where there are just a lot of opportunities out there. So I recognize that I do have that as a, you know, I have an option, I have options out there that might not be the same for everybody. So I don't want to make light of like, it's make it seem like it's just so easy that you can leave one job and go to the next one, uh, particularly right now. Uh, I will say if you, you know, what I've had to do in the past is if I am in a job where I just felt like financially, I could not leave it, right? I could not, I could not leave because maybe um, wherever I was at that point, it was actually a really good job for what I had, you know, I was making good money for what I was kind of doing and it didn't make sense for me to leave, then what I needed to do in that space was one, not take that out on the people that I worked with because it's not their fault that this is where I'm at right now and it's where I feel like it's the only place I can go. Um, but then I just needed to make some, so what did I need to be able to, to I was going to say to get out. Um, what do I need to maybe move on and to get into something different and start working on those things? Um, and I think, you know, having those little pieces to having that to focus on definitely helped me have a more positive outlook, um, for a job that I felt like I needed to move on from, uh, and needed a little bit of something to do that. The other thing is that I had to really focus in on, okay, um, this isn't where I plan to stay. It's not necessarily even where I want to be right now, but what are the pieces of this that I actually enjoy and what? brings me, you know, some fulfillment in, in this particular role uh, of wherever I am right now and try to just really uh, focus on that and not get too far and not get bogged down by this feeling of I want to, uh, this isn't it or I need to be somewhere else. Um, but I do think that if, if, as you said, if where you're, where you are, if just being in that role is what's, you know, causing the bulk of the negativity and to, you know, kind of change that up outlook or, or become, uh, bring a more positive attitude to work would be to find, you know, a different place to work. I would really encourage looking into that um, to see what the feasibility is. I remember I had a job in college where I, I worked for the the alumni office and my job was to call people and ask them for money. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> I was very bad at it because of course they want you to like keep keep asking, keep asking. And they I was I I I really was not meant for that. So I had to finally just say, uh, is there something else I can do because this this feels terrible. I don't like it. I'm not good at it. There are other things, there are other ways I could be helping uh, the organization. Um, and thankfully they, I don't know, I think I got a receptionist job or something like that. But um, I had to be very honest about like, I am so unhappy here uh, doing this because it's it's just not for me, as you said. And, and I just needed to find something else. Yeah, I totally, it, it would be, it would be impossible to not suggest find another job in the how to be positive at work thing, because I just know that 
I've been so, I was so ill-suited to working at McDonald's. It was insane. Just like how <laughs> bad I was at that job. I was really bad. And I really didn't enjoy being bad at the job worse. You know, it was just, I don't know. I don't know if it's the eighties or whatnot, but you were just allowed to just scream at people who worked at registers back in when I was in high school. It was just like a thing. Maybe it's just like circa 1987 South Florida behavior. But uh, yeah, I just, one day I just was like, I, I can't do this anymore. And I handed him the uniform. Um, so <laughs> yeah, there is something to that, but yeah, there's another way to go about it, which would have been to, to say, Hey, you know, is there some other way that I could be of service to your organization and have them, you know, change your job? It's always worth a shot. Um, yeah, I, I'm so funny that I like that never even occurred to me to actually tell someone, hello, I'm not happy with this. Can we find a solution together? Like ask for mm -hmm. help, ask for help, I think is a really uh, it's a great one. That is not always one that I remember. Like ask for help mm. is good for so many things when you're being positive. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's not one that I remember to, you know what I mean? Re I remember to remember even. Um, but yeah, so those asking for help, doing um, like a setting, like a landmark for you to, you know, get your head on straight. I'm going to be positive. Uh, planning your escape uh, to another uh, position or another job entirely can be a way to be positive at work. Uh, add a little bit of imagination. Tell yourself a better story about your job. Focus on your job, the job you're being paid to do, as opposed to other people's job. Deal with what is instead of what you think should be. Um, connect connect with like a powerful reason why you're going to work, even if it's just the paycheck, uh, ask for help, cut back on gossip or eliminate it. Um, make lists to cut down on the overwhelm. Um, and, um, maybe even I'll add just, uh, just trying to find someone at work whose company you genuinely enjoy can make a bad job feel like a much better job. And I could say that because that's how I met you, Brianna. Um, it is, it's corny, but it's true all these years later. So sometimes actually, uh, enjoying someone you work with can make, um, a job where the work may be not the most fun for you, suddenly a lot more bearable and genuinely a good time. Um, so yeah, those are the things. And, and if you, you know, if you have any luck with those, we'd love to hear from you. But before I wrap it up and tell everyone the, uh, the mission of the week, was there anything else that you wanted to, uh, let everyone know about being positive at work, Brianna, or not? Just that I can't believe we didn't talk about find a positive friend. Let <laughs> <laughs> me save that till the, like, the last second. Yes, positivity works when you can find uh, a buddy or buddies um, and uh, engage in it. And in, in a fun, you know, if possible, in a fun way. I think that uh, we definitely have talked about that here uh, before, but... Just having that person that you can, that when you are, you know, that's a really great opportunity to, when you really are having difficulty and you need to talk about it, you need to vent, that you have that person that you've already kind of set that relationship up with, because then one, you know that you're going to go to them, they're ready for it, right? So you're not kind of, you know, if you, when you and I worked together, if, and, and even how we, you know, are doing things for each other now, if I'm, if I'm having trouble, I'm coming to you to say, this is, you know, I'm having this problem and we talk through it. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm fixed. <laughs> um, but, 
we also, you know, that's how we work with the positive, but I'm not just coming to kind of like dump stuff in your lap, or I'm not going to be like, oh, this happened and then like walk away. You know, there's a working through it. So having a buddy system, um, someone else who is looking to be uh, positive is good. And I will just say one more thing. So, you know, the last couple of weeks I've been doing a lot of clear outs and I found this book that I had re- written these, all these little like kind of torn paper and, and done these different bookmarks. And it was right about the time that we were doing the positive uh, work. Um, and I found one of the bookmarks says, when you complain, you become a crap magnet. <laughs> Which just made me laugh so hard. Uh, first of all, that I would write that down um, and stick it in a book, no less. But then I was like, yeah, I remember like having those conversations that when you do complain, you just, if I'm complaining to you, then you're going to complain to me and then we're going to pull another person in. And all of a sudden we're just a magnet for our crap, other people's crap, <laughs> the world, whatever. Um, so I guess crap don't let's not be crap magnets I guess is my (laughs) parting words are my parting words of wisdom this week sorry everybody I'm so sorry (laughs) but yeah but the opposite being true right we're gonna spread positivity and then we'll be gold magnets so uh (laughs) speaking of uh, magnets um I know that doesn't that transition doesn't work but listen we've got a permission of the week Okay, and this week's mission is to try at least one of the techniques that we discussed uh, today, you know, uh, finding a good friend or, or, you know, telling yourself a better story or the landmark or any of the techniques we discussed today uh, to help you be more positive at work. And uh, feel free to write and tell us about it, um, about that or any of the things that we've discussed. You can be cool like Cynthia. Whoop, whoop. Thank you, Cynthia. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So you can email us at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com. And on the next show, we will be discussing taking a positive view on setting boundaries. Don't forget, new episodes are available every Monday. And if you would, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review the podcast because it helps more people to find us. And that is our show for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Brianna G. And I'm Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon.